Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board here at The Athletic, presented by BetMGM. Michael Beller here with you, continuing through our NCAA tournament preview content. If you missed anything thus far, just go check out the channel. We have broken down every region. We've taken a couple of 30,000-foot style views at the field of 68. On today's episode, we are going to dive into... The double-digit seeds, the upset teams, the teams that uh, help make the madness exactly what it is. We're going to take a look at some teams that maybe can pull off some special upsets here over the next couple of weeks. And maybe also teams that aren't going to do that and are going to be ones that you're going to want to stay away from in your NCAA tournament pools. To do that, to have that discussion, we bring on a couple of guys who are specialists in finding those upsets. Jordan Brenner and Peter Keating, developers of the Slingshot system. They write the Bracket Breakers column at The Athletic. They've been hunting for NCAA tournament upsets for years and years and years. And just to give you a little taste of the success, last year, Slingshot, they gave you Abilene Christian. They gave you North Texas. They gave you UCLA. They gave you Ohio a banner year for Jordan and Peter last season. Hoping to follow that up again here in 2022. Guys, thanks for being with us on Best on the Board. Thanks for having us. This is uh, a different season as we were talking about before getting going here. Maybe not quite as many upsets on the table in 2022 as there were in 2021. So we're going to look at the both sides of the coin here, you guys. We're going to talk some teams that you do like, some teams that maybe you're staying away from as you're filling out your brackets. Let's start with the teams that you do like. And let's head on over to the West region where the 13 seed is Vermont, the 4 seed is Arkansas. That is among your top 10 most likely first round upsets. Peter, why don't you walk us through why you like Vermont over Arkansas? Well, let me set the stage by saying that Vermont behaves a lot like teams we we call schoolyard bullies. Year in, year out, we see smaller programs um, build to destroy weaker competition in smaller conferences. And sometimes they're really successful at doing that, but that's not the same thing as playing the kind of high-risk, high-reward ball you need to succeed in the tournament. So just like bullies, just like bullies uh, don't do well when they get to new schools, <laughs> these teams have a hard time adapting once they move from, let's say, the America East into the NCAA tournament. Right, Jordan? Right. And then the thing with Vermont is... We like them. It's relative. Our model gives them about a 29% chance of winning. I wouldn't normally put that among like the classic best bets we mm-hmm. have. Uh, the reason Vermont has a little bit better chance than a typical schoolyard bully is uh, their three-point shooting. Uh, they shoot it a lot from downtown, and they can be accurate. So they do have a shooter's chance in a game like this. But again, as Peter was saying, they really don't do the things we typically like from an underdog. 
a lot of offensive rebounding, a lot of turnovers on defense. So Arkansas is also a pretty safe-looking giant. They don't have any glaring weaknesses Mm -hmm. in those areas. But again, our model at least thinks there's a decent chance for Vermont, but I don't think this is anything close to you know, what we would have seen if North Texas had gotten in the tournament or what we saw last year from the likes of Abilene Christian. I'll tell you, though, with Vermont, we have seen them adapt once they've gotten to the tournament in 2019 and 2017, like against Florida State that one year. They kept things close, and the way they did that was by shooting more threes than they than they needed to defeat, you know, let's say Binghamton, right? So we know that they know what they're doing, um, which, is, which is not always the case with these teams that dominate smaller conference i mean you won't see a crush greater than the one vermont put on to win their conference it's just a matter of whether <laughs> they can then turn around and play more risky ball in order to succeed well at the right level. and that's what they're gonna, if there's going to be upset in this game it's going to be one where vermont takes say half their shots from three mm-hmm. and hits them at a good clip and then packs it in on defense arkansas's one weakness is they really shoot poorly from beyond the arc which isn't something our model tends to focus in but just from a pure basketball standpoint if you're watching it it's not hard to figure out how you're going to beat arkansas Pack it in, let them shoot threes, hope they miss. Yeah, I should say also that uh, you, you guys define, the Slingshot model defines a uh, an upset here as you know one where there is at least a five-line difference in seeds. So we could look at 11 and 6, and that's where you find some of your better chances this year. Michigan over Colorado State, you guys put it a 59% chance. Iowa State over LSU, you put it a 42% chance. Virginia Tech over Texas, a 39% chance. Unfortunately, we can't sit here and talk about all these for an hour. We had to pick and choose, and so I wanted to go a little bit farther down the bracket and find some that are maybe a, a little bit more uh, interesting or intriguing as the case may be. But uh, so I, I, that I'm is why sh- we're looking at some of the you know 30% and below teams here. I'm sure you do want to know, though, that Colorado State is the most vulnerable, quote-unquote, giant in the field this year. They're a generic, overseeded favorite. And um, that's just I just had to bring this up because it's one of the rare yeah. games where the seeds would make more sense if they were reversed. Well, in fact, Michigan is favored uh-huh. in this game. Right. And in our models data, go, actually going back to that past 10 tournaments, 11 times the uh, lesser seed has been favored. And in uh, nine of those 11 games, that team then won outright. So Vegas knows what it's doing. Vegas knows a thing or two, certainly, about the way that they are setting these lines on these uh, on these first-round matchups, which we're going to be diving into a little bit later in the week on uh, Best on the Board. How about Chattanooga and Illinois? You guys talk to me about that 13-4 matchup in the South. Again, this is uh, this is not this is not your standard year because you still have, even though this is one of the ones you like a little bit better, quote-unquote, it's still something you give just a 23% chance. But why do they rate as a 23% chance for you, Jordan? Well, we were big fans of Furman coming out of the Southern Conference. Mm-hmm. First of all, we work with professors from Furman, and we have for years. But that's not why we neither here nor there, right? But 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 we feel like you know every bracket, every tournament deserves a couple of genuine old-fashioned classic sharpshooting Cinderellas, right? Mm-hmm. And Furman made more threes, so that combines attempts with efficiency than any team in the country. Of course. They got taken out in their conference tournament, one of many disappointments during championship week. Um, But Chattanooga has a pretty good resume, too. Uh, Chattanooga uh, shoots uh, a lot of threes. Chattanooga keeps things slow. Chattanooga uh, builds possessions by grabbing offensive rebounds. They got a profile of a pretty good killer. And Illinois has a reputation for being this one-man show. I mean, Kofi Coburn has had an unbelievable season. Mm -hmm. And, um, but when he 
gets into a lot of foul trouble. Illinois has a lot of trouble. When he draws fouls, uh, they do well. So And Illinois also does not force turnovers on defense. At all. And that's a real separator. At all. Uh, generally against a lesser team, you want to be able to keep them from even getting shots up. So if you're playing a game where, okay, you already know that Chattanooga is going to get more shots at the basket than if they were playing, as say, a, a pressing, gambling, aggressive defensive mm-hmm. team playing out in the passing lanes, well, then they've got, again, the proverbial shooter's chance, right? Yeah, and in the games that our model sees as most similar to that matchup, we have a database now that goes back to 2007. In the 10 most similar games, the underdog has won three times. So, like Jordan said, a puncher's chance fitting in with that 20 to 30% range chance, which is kind of hard to come by this year. I want to look at the other side of this pod because that's where we find one of the ones that, you know, I, that you're not really uh, backing, and that is UAB against Houston. That's the 12-5 matchup oh, in the no. South region. Yeah, no. uh, we, We're lamenting that one. Why? So we love UAB. Oh, my God. Right? I, I was surprised because, right, they offensive rebounding, yeah. turnovers, yeah. and threes. Yes, for sure. The problem is they're playing Houston, which our model rates as the second best team in the country. Ken Palm has as the fourth best team in the country. And not only are they a really good team and they get really screwed with their seating, they do all the things you want a giant to do to stave off an upset. So they, you know, they take care of the boards at both ends. They force turnovers. They don't turn it over themselves and on and on and on. So they do the things that you need to do against a lesser opponent to keep them out of the game. So it's one of the many areas of frustration for us. You know, if you'd thrown UAB into a matchup with, say, I don't know, Providence, we would have been all over it. Instead, they drew Houston. It couldn't have been worse for them. In, in fact, we looked at what if, if they had been playing any of the other five seeds. If you take an average of the strength of the other five seeds, UAB's chances would at least double. It'd have like a 30% shot instead of a 12 or 15% shot. And I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, at a time when the committee is handing out five seeds to St. Mary's and seven to 10 seeds to a lot of other mid-majors. Um, Houston seeding is just, is just awful. It's just, I mean, the problem was Houston really didn't play anyone mm-hmm. outside of conference. They lost to Wisconsin and their, their best non-conference wins were like Oklahoma state and Oregon. It, you know, it wasn't exactly a murderer's row of opponents, but statistically and eye test wise, Right. You have to see it. This is a good I team. mean, this is a case where the predictive analytics diverge from the tournament committee's selection committee's calculations. Like Houston does everything you want to do to not get caught up in the trickery and chaos of an inferior team beating you on an off night. Mm-hmm. Houston is built to avoid those kind of off nights. So it's just a woeful matchup for UAB, especially after we lost North Texas, basically our favorite team in the country. We at least thought we had UAB stepping in there to represent, you know, the classic slow killer combination that can drive so many giants crazy, and um, no such luck. Well, <laughs> we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens, but no such yeah. luck. And, and, and a lowercase version of that, Tennessee could have gotten a two seed, ended up at mm-hmm. a three, and they are playing one of our favorite giants in the field, Longwood, uh, a team we had hoped to introduce to the country as like a wacky. I mean, they do everything you want. They hit the offensive boards. They get a load of turnovers. They shoot a lot of threes. They keep it slow. Um, Nobody knows who they are. So they (laughs) were positioned to come out of nowhere and strike. But again, instead of lucking into a vulnerable uh, opponent, as so many killers did last year, right? So many underdogs got good matchups. They drew a slightly uh, underseated Tennessee, which is another really difficult team to catch up on. 
one of the consensus uh, feelings on Selection Sunday was that Tennessee was underseeded. I think it's one of the things that pretty much all of us could agree on uh, is that Tennessee probably should have been a two. Uh, maybe they're not complaining because the, the, the draw isn't horrible for them. But uh, they did get a great. You're exactly yeah. right. They got a great draw. It's a nice draw. So like that, like right. The, it's Tennessee and Duke is what everyone wants to talk about. I, I think Tennessee's totally fine with their three seed rather than Duke's two. Hundred percent. By the way, I think Villanova has escaped criticism in that calculus, and and uh to me, they were sort of no more deserving of a two than Duke was. But I agree, Tennessee had every every claim in the world for one of those two spots. But I would also rather have their path than than certainly than Duke's as a two. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's flip it over. Let's flip it back over to uh, one of the upsets that maybe you are going to be slightly recommending as far as uh, this, uh, you know, the, the tone of voice goes up, at least relative mm-hmm. to the field that we have available to us. Let's talk about Colgate in Wisconsin, where you guys have a oh, 21% chance of an upset here. Take this one away, Jordan. What do you think about Colgate? I think Peter is our, is our Colgate Oh, expert. all right. So I, I'm going to throw this to him. It's an interesting time when the 13 seed has a slightly better chance than the 12 or the 11 seed in a, in a region, right? Um, Colgate is another team that we generally might have avoided because they do what it takes to win an inferior conference. They play very risk-averse ball. Mm-hmm. But this is a case where a team did luck into a vulnerable opponent as a matchup. There are a few um, big favorites who got where they are by winning a lot of close games. Providence is an example. Wisconsin's a big example. And even though I know it's Wisconsin's style of play, it's not because they're not capable. Teams that put up offensive rebounding numbers as bad as Wisconsin's, for whatever reason, just don't fare well in, in, in the tournament. Once you get into the tournament, the single most important thing you can do to stave off an underdog is give yourself second chances. You give yourself second chances, teams just can't, again, sneak up on you, surprise you, go on runs. So Wisconsin's just one of those teams which we don't see as a strong favorite. And, you know, Colgate has pretty good metrics. Again, the question is, and it's a weird question to have to repeat because usually doesn't come down to this question, but in three or four cases, the crucial question is going to be, is there a smart, talented team that's inferior that's going to do what it takes to play like Oral Roberts played last year. Take on whatever added risk they can. Shoot more threes. Pack more minutes into their best players. Crash the boards. Press for steals. Well, that's the problem with Colgate is they're really limited in the number of things they can do. They already do shoot a lot of threes. They're not built. You, you can't change your style at this time of year and suddenly become an offensive rebounding team if that's not how you play. Well, if you're I not mean, big. Oral Roberts kind of did last year. I mean, they, they played their starters more minutes, but I don't think they played a completely different style of game. And it would be ill-advised to change. You, 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 you can't prepare that way and suddenly send more guys to the glass when you've been focusing on transition defense all year. Same thing on defense. It's hard to start forcing turnovers if, you're primarily, if your primary system is one where you're not playing in the passing lanes, where you're playing a pack line, where you're doing things like that. So a Tiger can only change its stripes so much in the tournament. But You identified one clear way where all Roberts change, right? 
playing their starters virtually the entire game. You can do that, and you can certainly take more threes. They, they but, also very intentionally you know, tried to try to turn the ball over more. And, and, and I'll just say this. If you don't do that, then what happens is what happened to Colgate last year, which is that your initial burst gets everybody excited, everybody who got the trendy team from the small conference with the big number of wins, like South Dakota State this year. Everybody's going to be excited when they hit three threes and go up 9 nothing on somebody, right? <laughs> and then talent asserts itself, and Arkansas comes back, and a patient giant basically smothers you if you don't take more. Well, it was interesting. That game was really crazy. Colgate was up 14, I think, midway through the first half. Mm -hmm. And it was a tie game with about nine minutes to go. And then it was like the turnover floodgates opened all at once. Arkansas Arkansas really did it with ball pressure that they changed that game. Turnover, steal, 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 steal. And suddenly they went by 17. Oh, wait, so you can change tactics. (laughs) Arkansas has been a turnover-forcing team all year. I hope Colgate's not going to start pressing full court, Peter, against a better team. I had hoped you would... Sense that I was joking. I, I actually, because of that very fact, because of Arkansas's tendencies, I never actually, even when that game they were down a dozen and tied with ten minutes, whatever, I never doubted Arkansas was going to come back in that game. I never lost faith. I mean, you are the mayor of Fayetteville, so uh, you know. I, <laughs> uh, I mean. That'll be an interesting one to watch for sure. And uh, yeah, this I don't know. I don't know how much if at all this goes into your model, but Johnny Davis, Wisconsin's heart and soul. They'd be maybe not even an NIT team without him nursing an ankle injury going into this tournament. Certainly didn't look like himself in their Big Ten tournament loss to Michigan State. So that's something I think that's at, that's at play in this in this matchup as well. Totally changed the equation. Can't account for that in a statistical model. Yep. But I, I don't fault anyone who wants to take the leap of faith that he's not going to be himself and, and knocks Wisconsin down a peg even more. Are there, are there any other situations we should mention? I guess Will Wade leaving. Will Wade leaving could have an effect. Will Wade we, being that, being forced to leave that we wouldn't be able to account for, <laughs> right? Will Wade once took me to a great barbecue place in, in Richmond, Virginia, when he was at at at, uh, at VC. Yeah, I, I feel I feel for Will right now. How big a <laughs> wad of bills did he flash to pay for dinner? <laughs> wow, he made a strong ass offer for some ribs. No, no comment. <laughs> were, you uh, still, were you still a young shooting guard out of uh, Purchase or wherever at that time? I, you know what story I was down there for, Peter. It was the shock of smart, chaos, giant killing yeah. story. So it all ties together. It all comes together. 12 over 5 is something we're always looking at, right? It's, it's the seed line that uh, everyone knows. You want to pick one of them. But again, we talked about... And you, it sucks this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly, and it right? sucks. We talked UAB Houston, Richmond, right. Iowa, New Mexico State, UConn. It just... Is there a 12 over 5 that we can Oh, get don't get us no, started on New yeah, Mexico let's, State. Let's pause to uh, depreciate it, New Mexico State. Yeah, should we State jump on New Mexico State? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. First of all, U- yeah. UConn isn't just a good team. It's a good, it's a good safe giant. They yeah. put a, you know. Offensive rebound. Offensive they they rebound lead the country in offensive rebound. I mean, they're, they're number one in the whole country. New Mexico State, for years, has been like a B-minus version of a good offense. Like, they pile up offensive rebounding in a weak conference they crush everybody. They lumber around with these tall players, which Jordan knows I'm obsessed with height, even though it's not statistically correlated. Yeah, he really anything. likes to talk but, about guys being tall, which think, feels so I, I like it gives you 1950s. Image, you know, um, but then they would go to the go to the tournament, and they run into Kansas, right? And they run into a bigger brother version of themselves, and they right. get crushed. And 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 I'll tell you something else: with all the weak teams that won and knocked off killers who we were rooting for in champ week, right? Um, poor teams come into the 16 and 15 lines, and that means teams that really should be 13 or 14 seeds float up. And, you know, you get New Mexico State, 
I, I don't even know what chance we give them. I, I haven't even, I don't even remember. But Well, then you also get these you know, schoolyard get, bullies who, right. who like have good resumes. So they get 12s or 13s, even though they don't have the characteristics we like to spring an upset. So, right, we end up with New Mexico State instead of Abilene Christian, which led the country in forcing turnovers on defense mm-hmm. this year. It's just been one game like that after another in the conference tournament. Yeah. So we're very depressed. Yeah, I'm watching <laughs> conference tournaments. We saw Abilene Christian force 60 turnovers in three conference tournament games, but then they didn't make the – and that that in itself would be enough to scare just about any yeah. major program, right? It did last year. But, Peter, you have – you give Richmond a glimmer of hope against Iowa, right? Well, you know, I have more hope that Richmond, if it were somehow to get past Iowa, would meet a, a very vulnerable giant in the next round. That The Providence Friars? The Providence Friars, who, um, you know, talk about overseeded and generic and mm-hmm. no giant qualities. There are a couple of second-round matchups, which, if we could only get to them, would actually be easier than first-round matchups. So you give South Dakota State a 20% chance of pulling off that first-round upset against Providence. And I got to imagine, once we like are able to look at brackets, that that's going to be one of the most popular picks oh, among the public, totally. South Dakota State over Providence. Not So, yes, it, it, it's funny. We've been trashing Providence for a month, and now I think we have been forced in a position where we actually have to tout them because there's no value there anymore. Yeah. Everyone's picking South Dakota State, and they're not realizing that they, too— have these schoolyard bully tendencies, except, again, this ability to shoot threes. But they don't force turnovers. They don't offensive rebound, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think the line is Providence by three. At least I, it was last I last saw. Last I saw, too, yeah. So they the value has been sucked out of there. Vegas knows Providence isn't that good. And I actually think this is where Slingshot can be helpful in saying, well, hold on a second. Providence is still a better overall team than South Dakota State. And South Dakota State doesn't do any of the extra things that topple Giants. So I actually am going to be betting on Providence. I'm going to be picking Providence in my bracket. I feel dirty doing it. I don't (laughs) think they're any good. But I think there's value simply zigging here when everyone else is zagging to the upset. Right. We have to to remind people, especially this year, that avoiding a trendy upset that won't pan out, an upset pick, Mm -hmm. is as valuable as making... A good pick, and I, right. I well certainly in a bracket pool, right? Yeah, right. And I have I have two questions. One is to the South Dakota State fans and the people picking oh, them. No. What what leads you to pick this team? So far, I have two plausible theories. One is that they like the mascot, the Jackrabbits. Okay, that's fine. Uh, the other one is you go to Ken Palm, and there's this little number one flashing next to an important stat: effective field goal percentage. Is that is that it? Is that it? Because because yep. my second and the question, three point percentage. And my my, my the three point percentage. my second question is like okay. What team similar to South Dakota State that plays that fast has ever won anything? Like, what is the most similar team to South Dakota State? There's probably a North Dakota State team in there. There's probably a South Dakota State. Eastern Washington, Belmont in 2019. They all all that same kind of feel and look. Okay, so what happened to all of them? Well, they all lost. Just want to bring that up. I mean. Look, the the three-point shooting is a little bit scary, right? Are they a team that could be the just increase our volume of threes? They have to, right? So they hit 44% of them, and they only shoot uh, threes on 34% of possession. So we we call a team like that the chameleon that can change its colors (laughs) in the right situation. That they have to dial up. But the other thing is their defense is awful. 220th in the nation in defense, they don't do anything well. They don't force turnovers. They don't deny shots beyond the arc. They... They allow teams to score inside the arc. So it's not like Providence is some offensive juggernaut, mm-hmm. but 
I don't know how South Dakota State is consistently going to get stopped. Yeah, I hate to make everybody else share our misery. It's just that <laughs> if, if you're betting on a team where the implied odds are 40 to 50 percent of an upset and it's really only 20 or 25 percent, we have to we have to warn you away instead of saying, here's this new cool team to watch, you know? I, well, let me ask you about one that maybe uh, maybe can get us out of here on, a, on an optimistic upset <laughs> note because – there is, there's are we depre- Michael, Michael, oh, are we depressed? Is this, oh, are we yeah, the we want, most boring, depressing bracket analyst yeah, we ever? Well, the only un- thing, an unhappy show. The only thing that makes me sad, you guys, is that, I mean, we're just doing this for audio, but the three of us are also on, on camera with each other, and so you can maybe see that I'm wearing a Wisconsin sweatshirt, and the only team you want to dump on <laughs> oh. is Wisconsin. I'm sorry, Bucky. We can, we can go on... Another Providence ran if you want. They just got really lucky. <laughs> no, that's all right. How about let, let's do this? Let's get out of here on this po- right. on this positive note, or maybe a seemingly positive upset note. The your one, two, three, fourth favorite upset chance for uh, you know a legitimate what we would call an upset in the first round. Indiana over St. Mary's. Now, Indiana, of course, has to get through Wyoming first in the first four. So by the time some people are listening to this, maybe it's moot. Maybe Wyoming's won that game. But you do give that a 32% chance. We just saw Indiana uh, take care of Michigan, take care of Illinois, probably should have beat Iowa and been playing for a Big Ten tournament championship. And now they get the matchup with a a very defense-first St. Mary's team. So what has you uh, looking at Indiana as maybe a team that can pull something off in the first round? So St. Mary's is another one of those teams that is a good team, but not a really good giant. They don't have a lot of the characteristics that make a team safe. So, of course, again, this is another situation where if it were a team other than Indiana, if this were UAB here, mm-hmm. we would have been all over it. The funny thing is our, our model um, assigns what we call a, a secret sauce <laughs> to, uh, to potential giant killers. It's a, it's a statistical factor that takes them as a team and then either adds or subtracts points, basically, based on how... Similar they are to giant killing teams of the past. The two worst sauces of any teams playing a giant killing matchup in the first round, Wyoming and Indiana. <laughs> so it's not that these teams are built for upsets, but our model still gives them a chance, mostly because of, of St. Mary's's weaknesses. Indiana, pretty good defensive rebounding team. Mm-hmm. They don't, but they don't force a lot of turnovers. They don't offensive rebound. They don't shoot a lot of threes. So it, this game is more about just maybe it's not as large a difference in, in power rating as anything else. Yeah. If you want to if you want to go out on a happier note because yeah. because St. Mary's is a team we rooted for for years as a giant sure. killer and now they grow up, they get to be giants and sometimes they don't, you know, function as well in that role. But we'll give you two teams to look at in the second round. Yeah. Uh, there were there were a bunch of mid-majors or non-majors that got seeded into that seven to ten range, where they may well be playing a an underdog role in the second round, but they just don't qualify because there's no seed difference in the first mm-hmm. round. One would be Loyola for sure, and the other one would be mm-hmm. Murray State. They both play slow. They both do a lot of the things you want underdogs to do. And and, and Murray State's got about a forty percent chance of winning against Kentucky, according to our that would be a, that would be a great game. Yeah. The the problem again, is, as Peter and I have discussed, is. Murray's best skill, they have many good skills, but they offensive rebound like crazy. They're going against Asa Shibwe. So, uh, we, again, we're talking about adding a Shibwe factor to the model at some point uh-huh. because that is just killing. Okay, Jordan, I'm going to try one more time to not get pessimistic at the very end. <laughs> so here, really? we'll give one more, one more team. One more. Drastically underseeded. What the heck are they doing as an 11 seed? Obvious value play, Virginia Tech, right? Yeah. I think yes. we all would enjoy ourselves some good Virginia Tech. 
upset action. For two rounds, because yes. if they get through game one, they can give Purdue a real battle as well. Yes. Yeah, Purdue, one of the most up and down. I mean, that was a team that so many of us, right? Like I, I was penciling them into the Final Four around Christmas time, and now here we are, yeah. and they just, a team that, that offense seems like the, the bottom has fallen out in some ways. We, I, again, we were, we were just trying to end on one happy note. So <laughs> got back to, yeah, Michael, you, you brought us back to... Yeah, do, I mean, yeah. do I have to bring up Bryant? I mean, I mean, where we're... <laughs> hey, that's just the way it goes sometimes. And after the after the year we had last year in uh, with uh, with uh, with giant killers and, and all the upsets and everything coming through, maybe we were due for just a little bit of regression back to that uh, historical upset mean that maybe we do end up seeing in 2022. But it's been great, guys. Thanks so much for all the intel. Be sure to check out uh, everything that uh, that Jordan and Peter are doing uh, with Bracket Breakers on The Athletic. Also check out their Underdogs podcast where they will be revealing their full bracket tomorrow. That is Tuesday, so be sure to check out the Underdogs podcast. Jordan Brenner, Peter Keating, thanks so much for being with us on Best on the Board. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Hey, that's going to wrap things up for this episode. So, for Jordan, for Peter, I am Michael Beller. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck. Happy betting, and we'll talk to you soon.